Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for a spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Now, you've probably heard me say over the years that fear contracts and love expands. Fear can narrow our focus, breeze us up, lead us to take small steps we think are safe, and in doing so, miss the support and the greater abundance that's available to us at all times. And we're moving through a time of uncertainty and unrest. And my own feeling is that there's a very bright light being shown now on how we face our fear and how we work through it. Author and healer Cindy Dale is my guest today, and she's here to share some energetic concepts and tools for defusing the kind of fear that can keep us from gaining power and insight and so that we can live more awakened lives. Are you ready to meet her? Cindy Dale is an author, speaker, healer, business consultant, and the author of 27 books about energy medicine, intuition, and spirituality. She's worked with more than 70,000 clients and presented hundreds of seminars and workshops around the world. Cindy's work's been published in 17 languages. She teaches certificate programs in energy medicine and offers an apprenticeship program to help individuals develop their natural healing and intuitive gifts. Her new book is Energy Healing for Trauma, Stress, and Chronic Conditions. You can find out more about Cindy and her work at cindydale.com. Cindy, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. And I like that whole idea of moving out of the fog and into the light. Well, and this is one of those times where we look around us and it's, boy, there's a lot of fog. What? As an energy healer, what can you tell us about fear? What is it? How does it affect us? Where does it live in the physical or energetic body? Well, you know, there's actually three places that produce fear in both the subtle body, which is the invisible body, and we're mainly made out of invisible energy, and the physical body, I mean, we have fear, and I, I think most of us would relate to this. We have fear in our head. Those are the thoughts that repeat negative uh, perceptions and kind of predict negative outcomes if we've had some tough stuff in the past. There's fear that lives in our gut in what they call the enteric nervous system, you know, in your belly. And that's that sort of big, all-encompassing fear that can take us over and be way too big most of the time. And, and I do believe there's also a fear in the heart. I don't think the fear in the heart necessarily needs to be bad fear. It might be intuitive fear or a fear that can tell us, you know, go, go forward, go backward, go to the right or to the left. But I think most of us are really feeling the types of fear that are sitting in our gut and our head right now. Mm. As you look at these difficult times that we're in, should fear, hmm, there's fear that we should pay attention to, right? Fear that says, hey, sit up, take notice. And then there's other kind of fear that stops us. How do you differentiate between those kinds of fear? 
I know. And there is a really healthy fear that just says, hey, you know, you're not safe right now. So do something about it. If the fear gets too big, like way too big for the situation, or it remains when a situation is over, you know, like we know there's toilet paper in the grocery stores right now. <laughs> we know there is. If we're still going out every week and buying more toilet paper because of COVID, that is not a healthy fear because we're absolutely fine. And sometimes, I think this is ironic, Karen, sometimes we just stay in fear. Like, even if we take an action like, oh, I'm in for the day, I locked my house, but I'm still nervous, I'm still scared, I'm still kind of itchy and tingly, and I think something bad's going to happen, and we can't get out of it. You know, that's not normal fear. That's not healthy fear. That's not the fear that our body uses to keep us safe. So healthy fear is fear that our body uses to keep us safe, fear that uh, maybe sharpens our awareness, invites our attention. And it sounds like you're saying that unhealthy fear kind of uh, twists, maybe experience, maybe helps us not see things as they are. Exactly. It changes our perception. And well, sometimes what it does is it activates old perceptions that are just inaccurate for what's happening right now. And you were exactly right when you began our conversation talking about fear contracts, you ain't going to get anything done if you're in a ball. You're just not. You know, it's interesting because I have a college-age son who's a baseball pitcher. And two years ago, he hit the skids. They call it the spiral. And every single athlete gets there. I think speakers can go through this. I think authors can go through this. And he was pitching really great. It was 1030 at night really cold. He threw a not very good pitch and then he couldn't throw a good pitch after that. Oh. And for four more games, he didn't throw very many good pitches. It's the spiral because what he did was, oh my gosh, I threw a not good pitch. He got a wrong call on it, you know, whatever. And then he couldn't get out of the inning and they lost, but he stayed in the fear. I'm not going to do very well. And he's and it captured him and he kept spinning out and spinning down. So that's what happens to us. And he did come out of it. The coach talked to him, hey, lay off. It's not that big of a deal. Just go out there and pitch, yada, yada. But we don't always have coaches, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or inner coaches or external coaches who are saying, you know, you're spinning out right now. It, the, the situation is done. It's over. You can adapt you can shine again, you can make different decisions. So if we get in those spirals, I like to think of it like how athletes do it. It's really tough to get out, but we know that's unhealthy fear. And it's interesting as I'm listening to you talk about unhealthy fear, I'm just thinking about how that, how the way to get out of the spiral is to be in the present moment, to separate what happened or what belongs to you or doesn't belong to you from this is where I am right now. It's right now me with the ball in my hand, right? Me getting ready to pitch right now, rather than all the times before when I was in the spiral. Yep. And maybe you threw a good ball last time and let's see what comes out. Right? <laughs> well, you never know. Maybe you threw a bad ball and let's see what comes out. It is. And you know, because we're talking energy, what's interesting to me, I work a lot with the chakras, their subtle energy centers. And I like to explain to people that there's something I call energetic anxiety and energetic depression. 
So I think of us as needing to be in the core of ourselves. Like let's be in the middle of our spine. That's the present. That's here. That's now. That's our power. We can pull energy up. We can pull energy down. Whatever happens, we'll deal with it and maybe pleasant or unpleasant, but that's sort of, you know, kind of, that's how the picture uh, throws the game <laughs> right there. Right. When we're, where we're too far in the future, it's really like our soul or our consciousness is more in front of our body. And you know what we're doing? We're scanning potential futures and we're only going to see the negative ones. We don't even know we're doing it. We're only going to feel negative stuff, which aren't true. And if we got that downward feeling like, oh, nothing's ever going to change, then we're a little bit more in the back of our body, like, like hanging out behind ourselves mm. in that place of going, oh, you know, this is this same thing just keeps happening. This will be my 14th alcoholic husband or whatever it might be. So you're exactly right. Even in relation to our body care, we need to be in the middle of it. So finding center, and especially in a place where I feel like um, there's a way of looking at this where it could feel like fear is being imposed on us, like coming in from outside, whether that's the news or scary things that people tell you or things that you read or things that, but where it's like not just our own fear, but fear that comes in from outside of us. How do we get, hmm, how can we throw a good pitch again? How do we get out from underneath that? We're going to have to have our next life be as baseball uh, pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good at helping baseball mechanics too these days. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, it, I like the verb imposed. I think, first of all, most people don't know that they are picking up on other people's fears or anger or shame or whatever it might be when it's happening. Sometimes it's because we're so used to doing that. Most of us grew up in families, you know, of some sort or another. Years and years ago, John Bradshaw, he wrote a lot about recovery, said that 97% of all families are dysfunctional. Well, there you are. That's 100%. But it just means what do we do with it? That's the question that it begs. And so if we grew up and we just got used to also and always bouncing off of other people's feelings or maybe even bringing them in to help them out as a way to help ourselves out, we get used to bringing in that which is not ours, which makes everything too big or constant. Those are our two clues. Is this fear too big or is it too constant? And I think first people need to stop and go, oh, that can happen. It's just invisible energy in that path. It's like the air. I mean, when you breathe in, you're breathing in whatever's in the air. You can do that with feelings too. Well, and you talk about how we can turn into a fear sponge, just soak it all up. Exactly. And we do. And then most of the time, one of the common symptoms of that, you look at the end of your day, <laughs> like when you got, you get home from work or now maybe you are home and that's your work or whatever it might be. If at the end of it all, you're just like a noodle, you're fatigued. <laughs> you're exhausted, you have all these feelings, you don't quite know how you got them, or you're replaying something over and over. And you can say to yourself, you know, that really wasn't that big of a deal. You've probably been absorbing, you've probably been out there, you know, the human sponge, like um, square, what's his name, square Bob's sponge pants. You probably mm -hmm. did that all day. 
um, that um, any SpongeBob SquarePants um, <laughs> reference will go down very well in our family. Um, I've been accused of being Squidward, so people who watch the show will know. Um, but um, but so when we realize that we're carrying other people's energies, that we are a, that we are kind of a fierce sponge, how in the world are we gonna? How can we clear that? Well, there's a couple energy techniques. I think the first activity though is to decide we're done with it and mm -hmm. i don't use the word intention i like intentions i've studied the practice and the power of setting an intention but i think if we've been at this probably for a long time we have to do more than set our attention which can be sort of waffly i think we have to decide that that's sort of like i'm just not going to do this anymore we need to be forgiving if we keep doing it, right? Yeah. Because none of us learn new habits really quickly, doesn't it? Don't they say it takes 21 days? Well, some of these patterns take a little longer than that to fully break. I've been working on them for a long time. Yeah. However, we decide and then start to be aware. I think that can be really fun, actually. Sort of go, oh, um, you know, I was happy before I saw that person. What do I think is happening? Hmm. You know, they were sad. I was happy. They're happy. I'm sad. So start to notice. And then energy work isn't hard. It's simple. Pick a color, any color. Uh, some people like white, some pink, some gold. Gold's really strong. Depends on your personality. Make it polka dot. I don't care. And get used to washing yourself with energy. You know, that good white energy coming all the way down through you. I'm giving up what's not mine. Again, pink is a very loving, powerful color. Gold is sort of power, power, like thy will be done. Mm -hmm. um, so get comfortable trying different things until you find something that works for you. You're listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Cindy Dale. Her new book is Energy Healing for Trauma, Stress, and Chronic Conditioning. You can find out more about Cindy and her work at Cindy Dale. Dot com that's c-y-n-d-i-d-a-l-e cindydale.com one of my favorite techniques for checking myself so i'm a professional intuitive so i get to talk to a lot of people all day one of my favorite techniques for checking myself at the end of the day is to imagine that i've got one of those little um you know the stick with the tape on it that you use to take the dog hair off the couch oh, to imagine i've got one of those and just go all over and just imagine the sound that it makes is it the little sticky sound that it makes and just go all over my field and just be sure that anything that's stuck to me that doesn't belong to me is picked up on my little pet lint roller um, kind of thing. So I love that idea of kind of being aware of deciding you're done, being aware of, and then washing, as you're saying with color, maybe washing that out of the field. What do we do when, because you said that unhealthy fear is it's other people's stuff that we're picking up, but it can also be our own like old programming. Yes. Carry. Yes. What do we do about that? Yes. yes. And I'm going to make it more complicated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so first we're going to complicate, then we're going to simplify. <laughs> so, so that that old fear could be our own. That's from you know when we were younger, childhood, uh, past lives. We could have come in with it, and it's going to have a sense of ah, gotcha when it's our own old trauma. That's how you know. But you know sometimes it's not even our old trauma. Sometimes it's our ancestors. Wow. 
we carry, and this is real science talking, not just pseudoscience, we carry at least 14 generations of our ancestors' memories on what's called our epigenome. Uh, it's sort of a chemical soup around our genes. And a lot of what occurs genetically, like this toggles on, this toggles off, the cancer goes on, the cancer goes off, whatever it is, is actually turned on and off by the epigenetic material, which picks up our, it holds our ancestors' memories, and it picks up on what's happening inside and outside of us. So let's say we're cruising along. I mean, really, at the beginning of the pandemic, I went into this huge terror. I was like, I got nervous about food. And I'm, you know, 21-year-olds do eat a lot. Okay, so I didn't eat a lot of food in the house because <laughs> I moved home from college. And you know, the dogs need food and whatever. But I knew it was too big because I found myself insanely chattering about, okay, then I'll go to this grocery store and I'm going to go to this one. And I'm going to this one. And I stepped back and I thought, you know, Cindy, you've never been without food. This is probably maybe a past life, but you've never been sure you haven't had groceries, but that's because you were too lazy to go buy them. Not because there wasn't a grocery store with right. food. Right. I said, you know, I bet this is ancestral. And I just sat down for a couple minutes and both my parents grew up in the depression. My grandparents went through the depression. My parents were quite young, but they went through the depression. And for my dad's family, especially, there honestly sometimes was no food. And they went through times back in Norway, they're all Norwegian, where there was no food. And my mom on a farm, they went through times when the crops uh, were you know, destroyed by locusts or uh, flies or whatever it is. I thought, this is your ancestor, Cindy, trying to take care of you. They're coming up in a roar saying, you better get those canned beans in the house or whatever it is. And I just sent healing back in time to them. And after I did that, I was much more calm and I could deal with current reality, which is just maybe you want to get some extra food, but not like buy out cub foods. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. And so it's I what I'm hearing you say, it sounds like kind of putting it in proportion, sending love and blessing back into the into the kindness that's being offered you the awareness of scarcity and the experiencing of the memory of scarcity, but then in a proportional way moving forward, maybe three extra cans of beans, just to be safe, but not 900 cans of beans. Exactly. It's like what you talk about. It's a call for love. So instead of even getting irritated that that got triggered inside of me, it's like, well, what can I take from this? How can I help? How can I be helped? And certainly I have enough of my own trauma, you know, my own old issues that now when they come up, you know, I can kind of sense that they're mine. I know when it's mine or my ancestors, there's a sense of distance with the ancestors and, and my head can kick in and go, this just isn't mine. I've not gone through this. And when it's my own, I can, I can often act the same way. I can say, you know what, something's repeating. And you know what I like to tell myself or others, the past never repeats. Mm. History never repeats. It has never repeated ever. It's impossible because every moment we're different. Our cells are different. There's at least some way we're different moment to moment to moment. So I have some phrases like that that I tell myself to help myself calm down. So if there's a way I need to go back in time 
or stay in the moment and bring my my own triggered self forward and help her, I can do that. So for people listening who might be feeling um, crippled by fear or uh, paralyzed by fear right now, who are listening to this and starting to get an idea, wait a minute, maybe I can put some daylight between me, me and that fear. Maybe I could get some breath space in there. What are some things, Cindy, that they could do maybe right now to help get themselves more clear so they can start moving again? Right. You bet. And, and first of all, don't shame yourself if you feel crippled by it. Fear is, it's supposed to be scary, right? Right. It, it, it makes us fight, flight, freeze, you know, or fawn. So if you're in the freeze part, it's this, it's a coping mechanism. It's okay. It's a coping mechanism. None of us are going to benefit of, by shaming ourselves or shaming somebody else. So just go right now, this minute I'm frozen. That is a way I'm keeping myself safe, but I don't want to stay frozen. So again, you make a decision like here's where I'm at, but this is not where I want to be in, you know, an upcoming time period. So the second thing I would do is send healing backward and forward. And, you know, sometimes, I don't know if you experience this, Karen, but sometimes when I'm really scared, I can't think. I can't figure, is this mine? Is this Memorex? Is this, (laughs) you know, is this my dogs? I I don't, is this from the TV? Is something maybe going to happen? Am I intuitive and picking up on a premonition? So it gets overwhelming. So find a place on your body to touch. I say your stomach, actually because that's called the third chakra. It opens up to data and information and it's on a chakra basis is the fear center. So touch it, actually cover it because oftentimes through that energy center, we pick up not only our old fears, but everything that's out there too, past, present, potential, future. And so cover it. And you know what? You're immediately gonna start breathing differently. You're going to be in your body and you're going to start to break out of the terror, that overwhelming grip. And I then encourage people to just find a place inside of them, whether it's in their gut or their heart, their heart can be good. You can still cover your stomach, right? And put another hand on your heart. Think about the inside of your heart and you're white. You are a color. You are a being. You are a spirit. Our best protection and our best way to get rid of fears, say, that are not our own or are old, is to just beam energy out of the center of us. That's actually the best protection. We can put up armor. We can put up, you know, pyramid shapes in our energy field or whatever. But your absolute best protection is yourself. So Mm. think about your own spirit inside of your heart mixed with whatever you call the greater spirit and just grow that little flame till it turns, you know, bigger and bigger and brighter and brighter and it starts to radiate because then you're like the sun and ain't nothing get into the sun. I mean, nothing's going to get into the core of the sun. So once you loosen yourself up that way, you know what, you're going to start calming down. You're going to start feeling safer because your own energy is coming through you and around you, making sure you just get to be yourself. Now, I know we just have just a few seconds left. Can you let the listeners know how they can connect with you to find out more about all you? There's so much going on with you, it seems like. How can they connect to find out more? Just go to my website, cindydale.com. It's spelled weird, C-Y-N-D-I. Look up the weird spelling of Cindy Dale and you... (laughs) Or it might be perfectly spelled. 
Well, for me. (laughs) I don't know. Is that weird? I find it beautiful and it's good. Um, Cindy, thank you so much for being on the show and thank you for sharing some of this wisdom. That was Cindy Dale. You can find out more about Cindy and her work at cindydale.com. That's C-Y-N-D-I-D-A-L-E.com. Her new book is Energy Healing for Trauma, Stress, and Chronic Conditions. And of course, you're always welcome over at karenhager.com. It's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. And you can even book a private session there if you are so inclined. And as always, please check out openpeacefulheart.com. That site is the center of a project that my wife and I have been working on for several years now, where we meet once a month in a live call with people from all over the world for 15 minutes of guided meditation that focuses on peace in our hearts and peace in the world. If you could use 15 minutes of peace, join us on those live calls. You can get details at openpeacefulheart.com. And you can also at that website access a ton of archived guided meditations. I've had people write in and say they're using them to go to sleep. They're using them during the day. Please, that library is there for use. Please go in and use it. That's free to everyone. It's at openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world. And a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.